0: This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is
1: Tiny at ObsessiveTiny on Twitter. And this is Mike. You can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter.
0: And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to the latest episode of The Obsessive Euro. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. Uh, you can find back episodes at ovipodcast.com and be sure to see us at Indie PopCon on June 26th to June 28th at the Indianapolis Convention Center. Uh, uh, we'll have live recording at our booth and a lot of fun stuff in the works. All that's tickets actually just went on sale, so check it out at indiepopcon.com. So, hey guys, how's it going? Hey, it's terrific. good. Great. Oh, so bro. baseball movies. Baseball. We're, baseball uh, movies. Yes, it's springtime. It's, you know, it's, you know, the, it's, you know, baseball. Uh, this is a topic that I'm kind of excited about, I, I guess. It, you know, you can kind of consider it a companion episode to our football movies topic from 10 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't do that
1: just because it's sports.
0: It's it's fun. <laughs> I, I wanted to, and then eventually, like, as I was going through just Googling stuff, I uh no I think it was like a kid from I think one of the movies we're going to talk about was in um what's what's it called uh Space Jam and I was like we need to do basketball movies. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, um, basketball movies would be great. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, so baseball movies for those unfamiliar, baseball is a sport. <laughs> um <laughs> documentary An American sport? Yes. I'm curious.
2: I think the the obviously the biggest baseball fan of the three of us is Mike. Mm-hmm. Um I never got into baseball, but it's just one of those things that like, it's like ubiquitous in the United States. Um, it's America's it, pastime. It is. It's America's pastime. And I, I'm curious.
1: Uh, it's a funny name, America's pastime. And I know this is obsessive viewer, but side note, we're talking about baseball and I love baseball. Yes. So whatever. I was going to ask
2: Mike, uh, why, why do you think yeah. baseball is so popular? And why is it the pastime of America? It's,
1: it's actually not that popular these days. Right. And yeah. that's kind of what I was going to ask. It, it is considered the national pastime. And there are just a legion of people over 30 who think it's, it's the greatest thing ever. And I think it's one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> but, uh, like my stats could be a little skewed. So, so forgive me. Don't hold me to this. But it's something like, um, the viewers for all five games of the last World Series combined weren't even close to the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. Which is one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So viewership is way down. In fact, you can kind of chart the 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 waxing and waning of the popularity of baseball over time. Like in uh in the early nineties, ninety three, ninety four, there was the strike. Um which turned off a lot of baseball fans, of course. And then in 97, 98 was the home run race with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Right. And oh, so it wow. kind of threw it right back into popularity. And then Barry Bonds again. Uh, and then in fact, the Cubs were good in the, the late aughts, which people kind of uh, gravitated toward. And then the Red Sox won in 04 and then the Red Sox won again. And, um, what year was that? 2010, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, and so it, it was popular again, but once again, it's kind of on its way out in terms of popularity. And of course, football is just getting bigger and bigger. Right. And to your question: Why do I think? Um, I think, I think it's because it's a game that's so accessible when we're young. You know, basketball yeah. is a fairly new sport. It's it's new, like it's within the century or last century, 1900s. Mm-hmm. Baseball has been around for just such a long time in America. Uh, and kids have played it ever since, so uh, I guess they call it America's pastime because it's so associated with summer, it's so associated with little league uh and it's it's really kind of an American thing to just to go to a ballpark with you know father and son type of deal i, I think it's just very American, mhm, which is funny because the Japanese are better at it than we are <laughs>
0: right. and it's more popular there, isn't it
1: uh probably, yeah, yeah,
0: so yeah. Yeah, baseball movies, though, transition. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh we have a we have a list of of movies we're going to go through and I think Tiny's going to kick us off.
2: Uh so first on our list is 1989. It is the classic Field of Dreams. Uh now this movie, I th- I think a lot of people around the country consider this the best baseball movie of all time. Uh I think it's pretty damn great. Um I haven't seen it in a while, but it's one of those movies that you really only you really only need to see it once because it sticks with you, but you want to watch it like fifty times because it's just one of those movies. Um, I think this movie strikes such a perfect chord because sports is so often a shared like family thing. Like, well, you know, my dad played football, so I played football, and right. you know, I remember when we were kids going out to play catch with dad, you know, and that's kind of the the first beginnings of your interest in sports. Um, That's that's where a lot I think that's where a lot of kids start uh, as far as sports go is just getting two gloves and tossing around a ball in the backyard or whatever. That's kind of that's kind of where it starts, and that's sort of what this movie's about. It's about the purity of a team sport, like finding something within yourself to participate in a sport. And I know you can. It's easy to kind of dismiss sports as this big. Jock thing, and it's like, you know, it's, it's all, it's overhyped, and it's really not that special, but I, I think, I think this movie demonstrates, um, why sports can be so important to people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, it's, it's a, it's a link you have to other people, and it's about challenging yourself, and, um, it's, it's really just, you, you can kind of make it what you want, and in this movie, it's the purest form of that. Um, and also it's just it's actually pretty well acted given that it's uh kevin costner i'm not a fan of kevin costner yeah me neither um but i think he's pretty good in this one and um uh, i think i think most again most people who played catch with their dads uh when they they see the part where adult kevin costner gets to play catch with his dad um that if you don't cry at that you probably don't have a soul <laughs> um it's just it's, it's one of those it's an iconic scene, I think, in, in movie history. Um, and it's, it's for a good reason. So, um, and you know, just at the end of the day, it's a really cool story. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's got a little bit of a, well, a very blatant supernatural aspect to it. Um, <laughs>
1: supernatural black man. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of, it has, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like, uh, um, it's a cheesy thing it's a cheesy thing to say but it's about a dream you know there's people who dream of having a baseball baseball diamond in their yard right um and this kind that of that would be awesome yeah this kind of fulfills that in a sense um
0: it's also about a field <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so sorry god
2: so yeah it's it's just one of those movies that hits the right chord and it it kind of talks about it, it addresses what's great about sports Um, what did you guys think of it,
1: Mike? You know, I, this was a movie that I was aware of when I was younger, but I didn't sit down and watch it. It was kind of a, it was kind of a bucket list movie until about two or three years ago. In fact, um, and I found the movie to be, um, not as eventful or powerful as time would have us believe. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was a fine movie and i i agree with a lot of what you had to say tiny I, I i think it it shows it's one of the examples of why we love baseball so much mm-hmm. um this you, you you might hear this a lot in this podcast but a lot of how i equate my feelings toward movies are kind of how i feel towards baseball at the time and so let's say i saw this movie in 2011 uh the cubs were the worst team in baseball in 2011 so oh. my interest in baseball was kind of at a low point and so the I, I think the magic of this movie or the magic of what makes this movie work for people uh baseball fans was just not there for me because i was like oh pff, baseball not again <laughs> um and like you guys i don't love kevin costner all that much mm-hmm. so it's not like his performance kind of um floated the movie along for me like i said i think there are good parts um I think the end works. I I always love James Earl Jones no matter what, but I found the movie to not be as um not just be as magical or eventful as I thought it would be. It was pretty good. Okay.
0: Interesting. I you know, I'll probably come down kind of in the middle of both of you. I I have I have a a good deal of respect for this movie, but I I'm not that it's not a significant part of my movie viewing like history, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I, like you, Mike, I, I saw this uh, fairly late. I, I saw bits and pieces growing up. And uh, the scene where the kid chokes on the hot dog, uh, yeah. that freaked me out so much as a kid. Um, oh, oh, my God. Huh. That part freaked me out so much as a kid because uh, Christmas Eve when I was like five or six, I choked on a hot dog and almost died. Oh, my God. Holy... Wow. I never made the connection until now. Wow. Yeah, freaked. that's
2: something. Wow. It, it freaked me out because I love hot dogs.
0: <laughs> well, it freaked me out because I almost died because of a hot dog tiny. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I also love hot dogs, so I'd be willing to die for a hot dog. Anyway, um, but, you know, uh, seeing it, like, full, like, from beginning to end when I was, by that time, an adult... I kind of felt like the the magic of it wasn't didn't really affect me that much. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how really else to articulate it other than I thought it was a like Mike said, I thought it was a a, it's a fine movie and Kevin Costner isn't terrible. Um, (laughs) But some of it seemed a little I I don't know if I'd call it overhyped, but I would say that it just wasn't effective on on me. But okay. I still have a great deal of respect for it, and uh, at at some point, I will revisit it.
2: yeah, yeah I think for our generation, we tapped into it as kids, mm-hmm. and you know it, it, so it strikes a n- nostalgic chord as well, so there's nostalgia there. That, that's yeah. what it was for me. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I, I probably watched it 10 times when I was wow. a kid, so hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, I just yeah,
2: maybe I need, I need to see it again and see how I react to it as an adult.
0: Right, um, that I think
1: is the rub. I think the movie's about a time and place. You know, as much as it's about the the way way past, as much as it's about Kevin Costner's character's father, mm-hmm. it's also about. Is it take place in the eighties? It's also about the eighties. Yeah, um, or at least it just feels that way. I mean, it's not about the eighties like Madman is. Madman is about the sixties, right. Right. but it definitely has, and maybe that's just a product of of coming from the eighties. But it definitely has that late eighties, early nineties tone where I don't know, if it doesn't hold up, it just doesn't hold up because of time.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Cool. Um so yeah, I mean we all kinda Yeah, is that really all that we have to say about Field of Dreams? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's the one you have to see. And so listeners, if if you guys want to comment on this one, please Tell us why you think this one is so revered. Absolutely. If you know, I, I I'd be interested I'd be interested to know.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah same here.
1: I, I think also uh, I think also this movie means a lot for people who played
2: baseball. Right. And I yeah. I didn't Did you play baseball, Mike?
1: Uh I did till I was about 14.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never played, so.
0: What the hell, man? Did you play? Oh, yeah, like for a year. Oh, really? Um, as, like a little like I actually uh I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was horrible. I was absolutely, like, absolutely horrible. It turns out that, uh, when things are thrown at me, I, I freeze up and, and, and just kind of try to dive away. That's natural. Yeah. Right?
1: Um, that is a natural instinctive thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I also just really briefly, I'll say this as an anecdote. So when I was in Little League, it was like fifth or sixth grade. Uh, he was the pitcher, the, this, Kid at our school was a pitcher, like a grade or two above me, and uh, he was pitching to me and just just hit me like right in my like <laughs> my my calf. Oh, it was horrible. It was terrible. Wow. Um, that is that is the story of the last
1: game of baseball a million people have played.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it, it. That's true. Field of dreams is is uh. M- Will resonate more to a certain type of person, yeah, or certain 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 people's um, personal histories, right? Life experiences, yeah, Yeah, life experiences. So
2: yeah, cool. Uh,
0: Tiny, do you want to move on to the next one?
2: Yes. Next on the list, this is my personal favorite of this list. Uh, It is 1992's A League of Their Own. Um, This movie, I think, is great for. A, a similar reason, but a slight tweak on it. Um, cause Field of Dreams is kind of about the, your personal relationship to how sports affects the individual. But I think a league of their own kind of shows how, how sports can have basically an effect on, basically can affect culture. I mean, not just mm-hmm. sports culture, but culture of an entire country. Um, I, just as a side note, I saw, um, two, three weeks ago, Bob Costas was on uh, Bill Maher's show on HBO, which I watch that every week because it's funny. Um, hashtag politics. Um, politics! Yeah. But, uh, politics bo- represent! <laughs> um, Bob Costas. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they, they don't really. Uh, Bob Costas was on there as a, a, a single guest talking to, to Bill Maher, and they were. He was Bob Costas was talking about how he's kind of spoken out politically. Over the past couple years, about certain things that that do have an effect on sports, but he mentioned how people always tell him, you know, I people tell him, don't don't bring that stuff up during the games, man, because I, I go to sports to get away from things, and I just I just want to think about the game. I don't want to think about all the politics. Um, and he kind of he understands that, but he was saying that you know sports are more important than people think. It's more than just getting away from the world because historically sports have affected incredible cultural change in this country i mean look at what jackie robinson did Mm -hmm. and look at the the u.s hockey team beating the ussr in the was it 84 olympics Mm -hmm. um yeah stuff like that you know that's that has like a social effect on the 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 common the common conscious of of culture you know Mm -hmm. um hashtag alliteration (laughs) (laughs) um
1: and I By think- By the way, a uh, side note, a little bit of trivia. Yeah. Asked what his favorite sport was to watch slash commentate Bob Costas' answer. Baseball. Okay. Baseball.
2: Yep. Nice. He's actually, he works for the MLB. He does yep. something, I think he works for the radio. He does commentating mm-hmm. on the radio for them. Um, that's what he was talking about while he was there. So, yeah, he loves baseball. And he's, it's fun to watch him talk about it. But I think a league of their own falls into that. That subcategory of sports and where this movie is about affecting social change, um, or how sports can affect the culture of a given area or whatever. Um, if you don't know, the movie is about, uh, during the Second World War, uh, basically professional baseball wasn't being played by men because they were, you know, off fighting the war. And so it's about this women's league that was started up to kind of take the place of it and it just sort of follows this one team throughout a year or two of the war um, and how they basically went around and played baseball. I mean, and it got really popular. <laughs> and um, It doesn't necessarily sound like a, a lot, but when you watch it, it kind of has this, like, uh, what is it, Ro- Rosie the Riveter kind of feel to it? Is mm-hmm. it Rosie the Riveter or Roxy the Riveter?
1: It's Rosie the Riveter. Rosie the Riveter. Uh, and Rosie O'Donnell, of course, is actually one of the...
2: Yeah, yeah. I've never heard what? that expression before in my life. Rosie, the Rosie Riveter. the Riveter. She's, yeah, she's never. the the propaganda poster of the
0: woman. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, the 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 fisting woman, punching <laughs> <What? laughs> oh, woman, I... fist pump. <laughs> there you go. She has the bandana. Okay, yeah, she's gotcha. showing her guns. Rosie yeah. the Riveter.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Red bandana, denim rolled up shirt. Right. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. So it kind of has that feel to it, and it's about you know during this time the you women of America demonstrated, their how you know they're not just women who stay home and cook and clean, and they can earn a paycheck. They can keep the country running. Um, it's very, uh, very appropriately and very, inspiringly, uh, pro-feminist or you know pro-women movement. And I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a woman's movie though. Like I don't think it's you know. I, I loved this movie as a kid and I, mm-hmm. like I said, it's my favorite on the list. I still, this movie holds up incredibly well. Um, I think it's really relatable, relatable for guys because uh, it's just because the, these women are just, they're, they, who are on this team are kind of like one of the guys. Mm-hmm. They, they rib each other and um, they push each other. They stand up for each other. They have great, they just have great sports uh, teammate connections with each other. Um, and then Tom Hanks plays the, the coach of the team. And he, th- this is one of my favorite roles of his. He's so, so funny in this movie. Um, and I, I think his progression as a character is, is fun for the guys to watch. Um, but it's just a really fantastic movie. Um, it's, this movie came out when Gina Davis was kind of at her peak, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know where she went because I've always, Loved her and basically everything.
0: She had a show, she had it like a network show the last few, uh, like three or four years ago, where she played like the first woman president. and. Oh, really? Yeah, right. It yeah. It was like marketed like it was like this groundbreaking thing. And Commander in like, chief. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. And everyone was like, okay. All right, Gina Davis. Okay. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, it wasn't well received. It got canceled, I think. But
2: anyway, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I just, I, I like her in everything. Everything I see her in, I thought she was great. Um, and like you know, like Mike said, Rosie O'Donnell's in it, uh, Madonna's in it. Um, it's it's just a, it's a fantastic cast, and they all just act their asses off. It's a great movie. It's an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody should see it. Also, features a pretty unknown uh, David Strathern.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it's mm. like the commissioner nice. of the
2: league or whatever. Nice. Um, it's just a really great movie. What did cool. you guys think about it?
0: Uh, I think it's. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just, I'll just say really briefly, I haven't seen it, uh, in several, several, several years. I was going to borrow Tiny's DVD today, but I didn't think I would have enough time. And then instead, I watched a movie that I'm going to talk about later. And I really wish I would have watched this movie instead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I remember really enjoying the pieces that I saw of it. And I remember specifically it being a very, um, good looking movie in terms of the the way that it captured the era yeah. and, and the period of the of the, totally. of the, the story production value is great yeah totally. and that yeah. really makes me that and tom hanks and and it, it just really makes me want to watch it again and it was on netflix for the longest time but it's not anymore so oh, i'll have to borrow your dvd tiny yeah
1: uh, i don't know who the dop was but directed by penny marshall um and of penny marshall's oeuvre this is probably my favorite even more so than big
3: nice, i nice. like this
1: one as a as a hanks penny marshall pairing if there's such a thing better i think than big i used to love this movie yeah um a little bit of trivia for you guys the the a lot of the games in the movie were filmed in, on Bossy Field, which is in Evansville, Indiana, which is where I, I live. Nice. No
0: way. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so our Evansville Otters play here at, at Bossy Field. And my brother, who, uh, played on the, on his high school team in Corydon, where we went to high school, um, they got to play a game on Bossy Field. So that was pretty cool. Cool. But, uh, kind of like you said, uh, uh, Matt, I, I, it perfectly, it photographs the era. It's of its time, kind of like, kind of like the other movie. Um, although I guess it's not, it's not really nineties. So I, I don't mean to say that. Uh, it, it photographs the era it is intending to very well. Um, I also love a lot of the iconic lines. You, you hear people kind of in a, an apocryphal sense say there's no crying in baseball without even knowing what they're talking about, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those so iconic that it's kind of be, beyond the icon kind of lines, kind of movies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I appreciate it for that. Cause I always, I always know what movie it is. Um, and it's just, it's a good family movie. Great movie.
0: Yeah. Um, as a brief aside, <laughs> I mean, this isn't, this is interesting. Uh, the, the cinematographer on it was mirror. I, I can't pronounce the name, but uh Someone from the Czech Republic, but they actually just died uh, March 28th of this year. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also was the uh, cinematographer on Amadeus and Awakenings. So, Really? That's Is it Miroslav? Uh, yeah, he's Miroslav on... Ander- oh, yeah, Miroslav Wondracek, yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah, I know that name, because I love Amadeus.
0: Right, right. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. 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 All right. But, yeah, Should for, we move on? Sure. For context, listeners, we're recording this on April seventh, so it was like less than two weeks ago that you died. Wow. Yep. But yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Let's
1: Mike. All right. Pop quiz: How many movies has Daniel Stern directed? One. <laughs> Is it just one? <laughs> he directed Rookie of the Year in nineteen ninety three.
0: I had no idea that he directed that movie. Me yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> huh.
1: Huh. Nobody nobody has any idea that he directed that movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh some T V credits and Rookie of the, the Year from nineteen ninety three. <laughs> which which aside from the Wonder Years, we might maybe call Daniel the peak of Daniel Stern's popularity. I mean, that was between the two home alone movies. Oh yeah. You know, so he's probably thinking I, I can do anything in the family genre at this point. Let's direct a baseball movie about the Cubs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's about the Cubs.
1: Of course it's about the Cubs. That's why I wanted it so bad.
0: (laughs) Nice. I, man, I, this is this movie. And then I'll, I'll, I I won't Bogart your segment. That's that's okay. Uh, but this movie and, uh, the movie little big league, I've wanted to do like a double feature review on the site for, since I started it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really need to need to sit down and watch these movies again because I haven't seen them since I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Rookie of the Year. I, I don't think I've seen in ten years, but it's the type of movie I remember so well that I'm not sure I have to. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those uber quotable movies from the '90s that just you. I don't really want to quote now because it's pretty lame. But I remember saying Pitcher's got a big butt like during. Little League games as I was playing. Um, (laughs) And so I talked to a lot of people, and I haven't been outside of the Midwest all that much. I've done some traveling, but I've never lived, obviously, outside the Midwest. And Uh, I wonder if this movie is as ubiquitous as it felt to me, because the idea of a kid – who breaks his arm and it sets in such a way that he has an, uh, a magical 90-mile-an-hour fastball was unbelievable, and then this kid gets to play on the Cubs. It is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, that was the dream for me
3: <laughs>
1: I just to imagine break you... my arm. It was like I remember not being afraid of anything because if I just <laughs> happened to break my arm, I'd be able to play for the Cubs. Oh, I just pictured awesome.
2: picture you trying to talk Kevin into pushing you out
0: of a tree or something. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
1: And so, um, Rookie of the Year stars Thomas Ian Nicholas, who was in the American Pie movies, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, now he's like a singer or something, isn't he? Oh, is he?
0: Yeah, he actually played a show uh, here in Indianapolis, and some of my friends went to it, and they like hung out with him and played pool and and stuff with him and like his his huh. after the show. That's cool. Yeah. I was like, cool. (laughs) So
1: he plays Henry Rowan Gartner, uh, and he kind of is is taken under the disgruntled wing of Gary Busey's Chet Stedman, kind of the, the old man on the team. Uh, and they form a relationship and, uh, it's basically, you just see this kid playing baseball. Um, and of course, by the end of it, his arm resets, uh, in the, in the pennant game. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I just I loved this movie so much. I I'm sca- I'm almost scared to see it again.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling. Um question. Yeah. The so his arm sets in a way that allows him to do that. Is is it is it like depicted that way or is it like a a mystical magical kind of
1: Oh no. Way? It's depicted that way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, yeah. He <laughs> Uh, and okay, maybe I'm a little embarrassed. I don't remember how <laughs> he breaks his arm the first time, but he does. It, it might be in a baseball game. I think in a little league game, hmm. he breaks his arm. And then, so it's set up almost like, almost like he's in a pitch windup. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, when they take the cast off and he, and the doctor tells him to lower, lower his arm slowly, he lowers it at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. It <laughs> smacks the guy in the face. <laughs> and I remember, Tiny, you, it sounds like you remember this movie a little better, maybe than Matt does. Mm-hmm. A little bit. But you know, like the first time, oh my God, the first time he has a baseball and goes in for a pitch and he like winds his arm up and he could like feel that this is going to be a holy ball. Yeah. <laughs> and like he turns around and look at the ball like it's got a mind of its own. Yes. <laughs> The, there's got to be a gif of that somewhere that we can post Yes, oh, with awesome. this episode. So he like winds up and then, oh, my arm is so f***ing awesome. <laughs> and then he throws a 90 <laughs> mile an hour ball.
0: It's ridiculous. Oh, that is magical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's man. also the
1: line, funky butt loving in the movie. Jeez. <laughs> oh, which I talked about with a friend. He kind of took it as a sexual thing. And I guess... I didn't really.
0: Huh. I,
1: uh. Now that you think I'll about it, it butt kind butt of is...
0: I, I honestly can't think of a context in which that's not sexual. I don't know what that <laughs> says about me, but, um. <laughs> well, <laughs> as opposed to normal butt lovin? I, I <laughs> don't know. Um. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, as an aside, what do you guys think of Little Big League? Because it's not on the list, but it's, it's right. a pretty much a contemporary of, of Rookie of the Year. I think mm-hmm. I liked
2: Little Big League a little more.
1: Really?
0: A little um, big
1: more?
2: Um, who was the star of Little Big
1: League? Uh, John Candy.
2: John Candy? Who was the kid though? Oh, was it nobody, gosh. just a kid? who didn't really grow up to be anything. I thought he was a notable.
0: I don't think it was anyone that grew up to uh, be in American Pie and then not be in one of the sequels because he wanted more money. And then Is it, it John? It's
1: not John Candy. I don't know why I said John Candy.
0: I keep wanting to say Joseph Gordon-Levitt,
2: but I know that no, Angels that's
0: Angels
1: in the Outfield. No, that is Angels in the Outfield.
2: We'll get yeah. to that,
0: Tiny. Luke Edwards. Okay, I thought he was somebody. Oh, Timothy Busfield is in that movie.
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's funny because he falls in love with the kid's mom. So glad you said "smum." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the Wizard Newsies. The, this kid was in Newsies. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He's. I
1: he don't know. It doesn't matter because this movie is not nearly as important as Rookie of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: liked Little Big League a little bit more as a kid. I don't know why. I think mm. it's because. Um, I think it's because the kid basically got to tell a bunch of grown-ups what to do because <laughs> he was the coach of the
0: right. team or the general manager or whatever you call it in baseball. Uh, uh, wow. The, <laughs> the manager. The, the kid from Little Big League did actually play in uh, in American Pie 2. American he Pie 2, I saw that. High school guy. Wow. Huh. I actually remember that scene. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, both of those movies are, are uh, good. I really, really need to revisit them and, uh, and, and watch them. Do you really need to? I do. Oh yeah, they're uh, <laughs> just for nostalgia. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll be really interesting. True. True. Um, just really
2: fun movies.
0: Yeah, fun like kids' movies, and right, it's 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 very much uh, fantasy fulfillment. Because I mean, what kid doesn't want to be a pitcher in the ma- in Major League Baseball, and what kid doesn't want to own a base? Okay. Yeah. Wants to be a pitcher. Um, that's why little big league wasn't as good as rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Anything more to say about rookie of the year?
1: Just to you guys. Check the pod chat right now.
0: Oh. Oh. Right now.
2: <laughs> listeners are getting a look behind the scenes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. This is how it works. We communicate to each other in text. <laughs>
3: oh my god
2: it's a photo of the kid doing the thing with the ball that's the worst such
0: great uh such 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 great description there thank you yeah uh no it's uh thomas nicholas staring at the ball oh that's perfect (laughs) that is gonna go on the facebook page yeah (laughs) oh my god uh so that's rookie of the year and also little big league uh just briefly Uh, up next is from the same year, actually, from 1993. It's, uh, Mike, do you want to go ahead and take this one?
1: Yeah, let's stay in the 90s. The better movie, right? I think (laughs) if you're a 90s kid, this is the ultimate baseball movie. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause for a second. If you haven't read the show notes, guess what the next movie is. The ultimate 90s baseball movie, if you're a 90s kid. The Sandlot, of course. Yes. Of course. Right? I mean, this is, if you think of baseball movies and you were born in the 80s you're, you the sandlot is number 1 has oh, yeah. to be yeah it has one of to be.
0: the one of the quintessential like coming of age movies for for kids in our age bracket
1: yeah exactly
0: um endlessly quotable uh just f-
1: perfect kid characters um It's, it's not just one of the best baseball movies. It's also one of the best family movies of all time, maybe? Is that too much to say? Oh, I think so. That's good.
0: I think it, I think that's
1: no, you can back it up. You can back it up. Oh, totally. Okay. So if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about, uh, this kid named Scott, uh, named Scott Smalls. They call him Smalls moves to this new town, doesn't have any friends, uh, and he finds, some kids playing baseball, uh, in this sandlot kind of in their neighborhood. Uh, and there are just various characters on the team. Ham Porter, Squince Pelladores, yeah, yeah, McLennan, uh, Kenny De Nunez. And of course, the, the talent of the team is, uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And so it's just this ragtag, uh, group of kids. It's, it's sort of about smalls and, and him learning how to be cool and learning how to, Uh, come of age and and meet friends and learn about baseball but it's really kind of just the adventures of what it was like to be a kid during this time um just iconic scenes where they they play uh the the actual little league team from the area and and they spank them which i think is just a cool idea uh and then the idea that Smalls becomes a uh, becomes a broadcaster at the end, and Benny the Jet is an actual player. Uh, we have our second um, uh, James Earl Jones appearance. Uh, oh yeah! I remember Whoa. the tra- the the tragedy of the idea that the dog, the beast, eats a Babe Ruth ball. I remember that <laughs> like used to make me nauseous thinking that if that were true, I would destroy Smalls. <laughs> Um, and so just uh, on a personal note, I, I remember this movie being the type of thing we would, um, f- my best friend in elementary school, early elementary school, um, he and I were on the same baseball team and his birthday was like on the 4th of July. So he would have like birthday baseball parties. He would get, you know, there'd be like 12 of us and we would just play a pickup game of baseball in front of his house and then we'd all come in and watch the sand lot. And it was just, we did that every year for a couple of years um Dude. so a lot of a lot of good memories with this movie yeah that yeah.
0: is awesome
1: yeah wow
0: that's right just, yeah. just a bunch of kids oh playing
1: a pickup game of baseball and that cool
0: <laughs> how cool is that that's awesome yeah. good how job supposed to be mike's friend from elementary school
2: yeah he was
1: good
0: yeah
2: i think this movie inspired me to try to play baseball when i was a kid i was terrible at it it's a skill game and i'm just a big brutish dummy <laughs> um but i i think you're
1: a big brutish dummy oh thanks
2: mike <laughs> Um. Yeah. I this movie. I watched this movie on a loop for a while when I was a kid, and I think this is. I. I I'm not quite regretting my choice of A League of Their Own as my favorite on the list, but this is a close, close second. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie is just. It's it's pretty perfect, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what could you possibly change about this movie to make it any better? I. I it's just so. It hits every note that it sets out to. Um. And, and I think. I think one thing one of the best things about it is it's kind of about like like Mike said it's not just about one thing. I think one of those things is kind of a kid who falls in love with baseball mm-hmm. which is just beautiful to watch. Um amongst all of the hilarious lines and the uh, the scary stuff and the uh, whatever, it's it's also really really touching movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, This movie inspired me to fake drowning in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> they had
2: nine kids. That's one of my
0: favorite lines of the movie. So great. So uh, great. Yeah, I absolutely love The lot. Mike, did you have more to say about it?
1: No, not really. Okay. I will love this movie forever. <laughs>
0: nice so far yeah i absolutely just adore this movie it's uh like i said it's one of the quintessential coming-of-age movies and uh tiny you mentioned about in field of dreams how it played up the father-son connection stuff the Samla is an interesting uh reversal not reversal but interesting thing uh, side the of antithesis angle. of that antithesis of that thank you yeah um because it, it, he's, he has kind of a it's, – it's a stepfather that right. isn't – mm-hmm. they don't really connect. And, and they don't really connect from baseball that much, do they?
2: they well, it's because it's Smalls kind of – like I said, Smalls kind of falls in love with baseball. Right. And that's the link that he eventually has to his – Right, right. He right. and his stepfather bond over that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really – it's just such a good movie. I, I can't really say much else about it except that it's just – you feel good when you watch it and it's it's definitely one that I it evokes feelings of summer for me the way that mm-hmm. baseball itself invokes summer
2: because that all takes place over summer break doesn't it yes. Yes. yeah yes
0: and it's just it it just depicts this this period of just Americana life that that's so so much... Uh, tied to the feel and the the spirit of baseball as the the American pastime. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's an amalgam of so many emotions packed into just a really, really incredible uh, coming-of-age movie.
1: How Hi. many times do you guys think in your life you've heard the line, you're killing me, Smalls? <laughs>
0: um,
1: in Oof. the thousands? In the thousands, probably. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah, in the thousands. I wanted to make a joke, but I can't. Um yeah, in the thousands. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the kids in this movie are remarkably good. The acting, yes, like absolutely. I've, I talk about how how much kids suck at acting for the most part, <laughs> but all like pretty much every single one of these kids in this movie are phenomenal. Absolutely,
1: um, yeah. Patrick Renna, Ham Porter, I mm-hmm. think, is the standout. Yes. Oh, he's so oh absolutely great. so 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 funny and such timing for a kid who was what twelve?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, say, he says the line, you're killing me, Smalls. I think uh-huh. he, he coins it. And he yep. also says that you play ball like a girl, right? yep. <laughs> which is one of the best movie insults of all time. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. So great. Yeah.
1: I need so if we're being politically correct, is inaccurate. <laughs> it is very, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Especially, after Especially about... considering we just talked about. <laughs> <Exactly. elite laughs> very politically
2: incorrect, <laughs> but it's hilarious.
1: Right it, right. it is hilarious. And it works for the time. It works oh, yeah. for the time, yeah, yeah. right? Right. To be but there are many, many girls who play better ball than I do.
0: It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Several on my on my on my yeah. side too. Um, yeah. So to be more politically correct, you play like ball like a girl. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the you same play lot. ball
1: like a dog. <laughs> there you go. You play ball like a, <laughs> idiot. <laughs>
0: Jesus, oh man! Uh, so yeah, The Sandlot. If yeah, I mean, this is a must-see movie. This is yeah, like, this is a movie that needs to be seen.
2: Probably we will make it into our vault at some
0: point. Probably, and yeah, like, if we do it long enough, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, just talking about it, like I think I might watch it maybe tonight after Tiny leaves. Um, okay, unless you want to stay and watch it, I don't care. I might. Uh, nice. Not committed right
1: you play with my balls like a girl said Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> oh jesus uh so anyway so yeah that's the sandlot 1993 check it out it's a great movie i'm gonna be watching it after we record um should we move on to the next one
1: yeah please
0: sweet so this movie i wanted to watch today because i haven't seen it in uh, in like over a decade maybe in maybe not since, like, the when it came out in 94, but Angels in the Outfield. Uh, just Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Christopher Lloyd, awesome. Christopher Lloyd,
1: yeah. Just yeah. call me
0: Al. <laughs> <laughs> that this sounded like movie, Jack
1: Nicholson. That was not it good. It did, yeah. Was
2: close I was. enough. We know what you're going for. That's fine. Uh, but
0: 1994, it's about an orphan, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh hmm Yeah. Who prays that, uh, that he... What was the description? He prays that... He knows his dad. Okay.
1: Right? And so his dad comes by every now and then. Of course, his dad has a goatee and a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) And and his dad tells him... uh, He he keeps asking... Joseph Gordon-Levitt keeps asking when his dad is going to take him back, right? He's going to live with his dad. Uh, And he says, uh, when the angels win the pennant.
0: That's right. And then from there... So he asks the Lord... Yes. And wow. the Lord bestows upon him, uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Some <laughs> angels, uh, who helped them win the pennant or do all that. And I wanted to watch this in preparation for this, but it, I don't, th- it's not available on Google Play, which sucks. Uh-huh. Um, so I can't, I couldn't find a legitimate way to watch it. But man, this movie just like it, I loved it as a kid. It, it really, was a, uh, I don't know what it was about it. Exactly. I, I may be out of my element here since I haven't seen it in so long, but just the way that it tied baseball to just like, like there was a hopefulness to it. And, and it really kind of tugs at the heartstrings with this, like this little orphan kid who'd go, who'd grow up to be in 500 days of summer. Um, <laughs> I'm stretching here. It's, it's a really good movie, and what do you guys think about it? Cause i I'm kind of at a loss here yeah
1: <laughs> I, I remember being um more i guess emotionally affected by it than I probably would be today mm-hmm. yeah um, I love the idea it's it's kind of like the the super fairy tale depiction of um it's kind of a Cinderella story, really. Mm-hmm. Or, I I guess it's more like an Annie story of this kid who is an orphan and and then gets adopted. Uh spoiler alert, he gets adopted by Danny Glover at the end. Oh, <laughs> right. And um Angels are cool, I guess. I don't know. I I feel the same <laughs> way you do, Matt, about yeah. how, loving it back then. Uh it's very much a Disney movie of the 90s if that Absolutely. means anything, if if you guys kind of know what I mean by that. Yeah. Um I think that at the time in the 90s, Disney was putting a lot of their stock into animation. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of the golden age of animation. In fact, 1984 was The Lion King. So I think a lot of their live action movies kind of leaned on a lot of hokiness. Uh And so I have a feeling if we watched this movie today, we wouldn't like it nearly as much as we did back then. Yeah. yeah, It's it's overly sentimental.
0: I'm a little happy that I didn't get to see it today (laughs) because I feel like I'd I'd have a, uh, an adverse reaction to it. But I, I just, I have fond memories of it. Um, either just from (laughs) the fact that, you know, imagining that there were these invisible supernatural things, uh, helping, uh, helping influence events that I, that kind of maybe, uh, was satisfying to me. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Tell me what you think of
2: <laughs> it. I I wasn't as in love with this movie as the other uh you know kid baseball movies of the 90s. Sure. Um The Sandlot and Rookie of the Year and the other movies really overshadowed this one for me. But yeah. it is I think it's still kind of a sweet movie and kind of kind of nice, but I I don't think I've seen it since the mid to late 90s, so I can't say much about it. I don't remember much of it.
0: Yeah, same same here. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so uh, it was, it was a significant part of my childhood uh, for that one year, at least, until I saw Lion King. But, yeah, uh, totally at a loss for Angels in the Outfield. That was unexpected. Uh, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and transition to the next one since we don't really have much else to say about Angels in the Outfield. Uh this one was from 2 years later that I actually just this is the movie that I watched today. Uh 1996 is The Fan. Have you guys watched this at all? I I've, I've yes. never seen this. Okay. Uh I'm interested to hear your thoughts in a bit Mike, but I like I just watched it today. For those who don't know, it's Wesley Snipes plays a uh Major League baseball star and Robert De Niro plays a down on his luck knife salesman who uh kind of attaches himself to Bobby Rayburn, uh, the Wesley Snipes character. And he's a very, he's a a very emotionally unstable person, mentally unstable person, uh, Robert De Niro is in this movie. And it's, you know, when we talked about football movies, we, I think we lamented that we didn't bring up the movie Big Fan with Patton Oswalt. And that's kind of, this is kind of a similar kind of movie than that, only it's more 90s, mid 90s, Thriller kind of movie, but it's, I don't know. As a concept, it's, it's, it's solid because I mean, it's about an obsessive fan who stalks a player, but in execution, it's not really that good. It doesn't really hold up. It's, it's, frankly, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> um, I mean, just like, uh, I'll probably, I'll go ahead and spoil it a bit here. Um, <laughs> The movie – the escalation of the story in this movie is a little silly because Robert De Niro is uh, – he's depicted from the start as a mentally unstable person who he he gets – not custody of his son taken away but he, he gets a restraining order against him from his ex-wife because he goes to a game – he goes to opening day with his son and then leaves his son there to go – uh make a business deal or something and it's it's kind of depicted as if it's supposed to be make him more sympathetic like oh he's just a down on his luck guy but it's more like okay well he's an abrasive asshole who's just you know not a good like he's mentally unstable is the point that the movie really really uh hits you over the head with and from there it just kind of slowly escalates and everything until it gets to about the hour and 15-minute mark, it just goes completely off the rails. Like he – again, I'll spoil it here really quickly, but uh Robert De Niro <laughs> – like he kidnaps Wesley Snipes' son and then he wow. forces him to – like he – how is it? He basically holds the kid ransom and tells Wesley Snipes that he needs to hit him a home run. Mm-hmm. In wow. the in the game, in in order to get his son back or or something, and then it's they play when it's pouring rain, and it's it's really really silly. Mike, what do you think of? Uh, uh, you know,
1: this I movie? I wish I would have seen it more recently. I actually own the movie. I really? bought this probably ten years ago. Yeah, maybe more. <laughs> uh, and I watch it, and I do remember actually liking it. I remember thinking the suspense was, um, I, I, I guess. 90s mid quality level suspense. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> take take that for what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I it's probably crappy. It's probably exactly what you say it is. Um, yeah, I remember liking the the star power in the movie is surprising. Mm. I guess the 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 quality of the movie is surprising considering the star power in it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> It's mid nineties De Niro, so it's like, it's, you know, reputable De Niro, I, I would mm-hmm. say, but there yeah. is a ton of him just mugging for the camera and really? chewing scenery. It's like, it's, it's like a lot of, uh, Tiny, I'll do a, a, an impression for you. It's a lot of that <laughs> thing where he kind of <laughs> crinkles his face and then like looks, yeah. like nods his head back. It's a lot of that. Um, mm. so it, it's kind of, it, loses some of its appeal in that and the overall just the overall suspense is handled pretty well but i mean once it reaches a point it kind of reaches a point of no return or a a point of um diminishing returns once it hits its suspense peak Mm -hmm. and is uh, uh is wesley snipes pretty good in it though uh you know he's solid He's, okay. he's he's pretty good. There's a, there's a really good scene where Robert De Niro is he's basically inserted himself into Wesley Snipes' personal life in a in a way, and they have this kind of scene where Robert De Niro is slowly kind of unveiling, like he's like showing that he's like he uses a different name and he try, tries to play off the fact that he doesn't know that he's a baseball star, and then Robert De Niro slowly peels away the fact that he's like he's you know pretty fucking insane. Yeah. And then Wesley Snipes kind of, he notices this, and then, like, you can kind of see this... And I may be giving his acting a little bit of credit here, but it seems like the, he plays a, a certain level of range, or he puts a certain level of range in his performance as he yeah. as he kind of slowly tries to get away from this guy who he's realizing is a dangerous person. Mm-hmm. And it's very kind of calm and, and collect and kind of this unique... Or not unique, but this very... Downplayed portrayal of of someone who's trying to get away from a supposedly dangerous person. and It really okay. plays well with the suspense of the scene. I see.
2: I'm kind yeah. of a closet Wesley Snipes fan. I think he's yeah. really, really good for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, who who could have possibly played Blade better than Wesley Snipes?
0: That's true. You know I mean? Yeah,
2: I think I think he's good for certain things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fan was a hell of a lot better than Passenger Fifty Seven. I would say. Okay. I think. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Uh yeah, anything else about the fan? Mike, nope. you got anything? No. Okay. Uh I watched that on Google Play, which you can rent for $3. I don't really suggest it. <laughs> um but yeah, it's, you know, if you're into kind of mid-90s suspense thriller like that that those types of movies or maybe it's the aesthetic of the of the certain filmmaking style of of that genre in the mid-90s, but it it kind of you can kind of clump a lot of them together and they kind of fit an an aesthetic that uh, seems just inherently mid nineties to me i maybe it's just my my perspective on it but it's a tony scott movie it is yeah he he can shoot so he could shoot some suspense right and he does he does a very good he did a very good job with it yeah too um and it's because the opening the opening this is my parting thought on the fan and then we can get on to the next one but um the the uh the opening credits, like there's there's this long, drawn out just voiceover that shows like in in it the pictures are just old pictures of like little league kids and it's very the the way that it's shot it's very Tony Scottish and it's it's like it's three and a half minutes long before the movie actually begins properly and it's oh, it's geez. kind of a drag but. Hmm. um
1: Hey, just weird side note, Matt. Mm-hmm. You you pronounce aesthetic in a very strange way. Do I really? Agreed. You, How you, h- s- you hit the a and e very hard? Ah, uh, it's a- aesthetic. 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 Aesthetic.
0: Aesthetic. So,
1: Fuck. Damn. You kind of do like a A-U-G-H. <laughs> I yeah. do, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's completely. I. You know. I really only ever really. It's read a strange that word. word. It's a strange it is word. aesthetic. 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 Wow. That's one of those words that, like, I, I've read it a lot and I don't really hear it that often. Mm -hmm. Aesthetic. 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 (laughs) Aesthetic. Are you teaching it to yourself? I am. Wow. Okay. Is there any other, are there any other words that I, that I mess up?
1: No. Not that I can think of. All right.
0: Okay. Um, Mike, do you want to bring up the next movie on the list? Sure. The next movie. Despite the
1: iconic status of The Sandlot, I think I like this next movie even more. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's, it's, it might be one of my favorite movies of all time. It might be like a top 50 movie for me. Damn.
0: Interesting. And I know
1: that I'm in rare company. So I'm beating around the bush. The movie's fever pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore star, uh, 2005. Actual, actually, remake of a British movie of the same name, Fever Pitch. Um, it, it kind of is lucky that it works out that way because Pitch is what they call the football field, the right. soccer, the football field, and Fever Pitch is also what the pitcher does with the baseball. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it worked out that way, and basically, um, it's a Fairly Brothers movie. It's a tame Fairly Brothers movie, in my opinion. Oh yeah. um, it's no Dumb and Dumber, but it it is. It is reflective of how I feel about certain sports. I mean, I get that way about the Blackhawks. I get that way, especially about the bears. I get that way about the Cubs. I get that way about the bulls. Uh, I don't have season tickets and that's kind of a dream, but um, I, I totally feel that way. And it's, I, I don't understand exactly, maybe, maybe you guys can help me out, why this movie gets so much crap. I, I think it's a perfectly serviceable romantic comedy and, uh, ultimately not an unbelievable, uh, level of, of fandom. It's just super cute. And at the end, I don't know what the song is and I keep meaning to 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 look it up but when she is running across the field to get him to to stop him from selling his tickets i get chills every time in fact i get choked up every time oh, i loved nice. this movie when it came out and i still love it every time it's kind of a it's kind of a traditional um baseball season movie for me to watch to get into the baseball mood wow nice. i hate that it's about the socks i wish that it was about the cubs <laughs> yeah. uh but good for them you know they filmed this movie uh as the Red Sox were were making their run toward the yes. World Series, yeah. um, and they wrote the movie intending it just to be another, you know, another Red Sox losing season. Mm. Uh, and so they, I mean, I, I guess everybody knows this story, but they uh, tacked on the ending um, with the win. And I, I kind of wonder what the ending would have been like had they not won. I, I don't think the movie doesn't really. The, the win or lose at the end has nothing to do with any of the themes of the movie or the trajectory of the story at all. So I, it, mm-hmm. I just wonder if it would have mattered. I, I imagine not. Um, but I, I, I mean, Jimmy Fallon's doing just fine. Uh, and I think a lot of people are on the Jimmy Fallon bandwagon, but this kind of, this was like his first movie post SNL when people were kind of tired of the Jimmy Fallon thing. Yeah. But I recognized a lot of the charm that we would see now, and I, I was kind of hoping we'd see a lot more movies like Fever Pitch.
0: Hmm. You know, uh, Tiny, have you seen Fever Pitch?
2: I have. I saw it back in 2005 when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. Okay. Um, I kind of dismissed it right away because I, I don't like Drew Barrymore very much. Right. And uh, at the time, I didn't, I didn't care for Jimmy Fallon. Um, but like Mike said, I've I've jumped on the Jimmy Fallon bandwagon. I think he's a great late-night host. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's really talented about in that regard. Um, but at the time, I, I couldn't really appreciate it, and I really don't remember it hardly at all, so I can't really say much about it. But okay. Yeah.
0: I uh I just recently watched this movie for the first time two days ago. And, uh, you know, if I would have seen it in 2005, I would not have liked it probably. Okay. Why do you say that? Because I was not into Jimmy Fallon. Uh, and it's, it, you know, he, I've gr- grown to respect him a lot. I didn't really like him on SNL because um, he uh, just the classic Jimmy Fallon breaking character in the middle of a right. sketch trope, I guess. But seeing this, seeing this movie with kind of a, not really a newfound respect for Jimmy Fallon, but just I've, I've, I respect him as a late night host and as a, as a comedic personality. Uh, And I, and I didn't watch it with the, with the weight of him trying to do a post SNL movie career. So I think that really worked in its favor. And I thought that the chemistry between him and Drew Barrymore were, what was just really, really strong. And, Mm uh, The depiction, and, and I think that's one of the kind of underlying elements of at least, well, at least this movie and The Fan and maybe a couple other movies and, and a lot of movies from the baseball movie subgenre is that it depicts fandom in such a way that, like you said, Mike, it's, it's within the realm of possibility, but it's still, it's still played up at, to an extreme level, Mm -hmm. but it's, you believe it so so well that it that this this fandom and this this obsession will would take over his entire life um and that's something that i latched on to latched on to uh with it because while i'm not a big sports fan or anything i do have my uh interests that i convert into blogs and podcasts but it's a really fun rom com, like you said. It, it, I think the way that you phrased it was perfect when you said it's a very serviceable uh, rom com, and mm-hmm. and it is a rom com, and it's as the resident uh, rom com aficionado, <laughs> I give it a pass. Or I, I give it a passing grade, but it does have some of its. It it's, does struggle with some of the some of the tropes and some of the cliches of of the romantic comedy uh genre. Like, I mean, like her Drew Barrymore's friends that are just kind of the. The really, really archetypical, uh, um, cliched friend characters of the main character kind of spell out the insecurities and the, and the problems that are that the relationship is facing. It's it's a little bit heavy handed here, uh, and a little bit on the nose in terms of. Uh, I wish they would have been di- disguised a little better because they they their only purpose is to kind of really. Illuminate the problems with the relationship and and kind of spell out some of the themes and, and and things like that. But with those aside, I think it's a very very enjoyable movie, and I can definitely see why uh, people would love it. Toads.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it in ten years. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good. Uh, have either of you seen the original uh, British one? No.
1: No, I really don't like soccer. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's based on a Nick Hornsby.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Not, yeah. Which uh, I know that uh, Pat from The Nerds You're Looking For is a big fan. Okay, of that. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's uh, Fever Pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we got one more on the list, and I'll I'll go ahead and bring us in. To it, uh, it's from 2011. It's Moneyball. It has Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Uh, you know, I haven't seen this since since the theater, and I, <laughs> much like Little Big League, <laughs> it it depicts the business side of of baseball, and that's that's a that's a side of sports and of, of sports movies that doesn't really get a lot of. That movies don't really seem to capture that well or in a way that is, that's very, that, that people can latch on And I think that Moneyball does this in a spectacular way. And, like, I keep thinking of that movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner yeah. that came mm-hmm. out that kind of seemed like, uh, like it was trying to be Moneyball.
2: I was just thinking that actually.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's funny to see how those two, very, obviously, I imagine very different movies. Could perform so very differently, um, while one seems to kind of be following the the success of the of the of Moneyball. But yeah, I don't. I, I need to revisit this movie, but I really really enjoyed it. Uh, Jonah Hill was fantastic in it. And uh,
2: do you think he earned that Oscar nomination, though? I'm curious,
0: Mike. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't. For supporting? Absolutely.
1: Really? Okay. People people I always think about and I'm embarrassed that I'm on a show called Obsessive You and I don't know. I think about <laughs> the little guy the little guy. The little old man who was in Into the Wild for like ten minutes and won a best supporting actor. Hal Holbrook. Yes, thank oh, you. Yeah. Um of course, of course he earned it. Um do you are are you done talking, Matt? Do you mind if I kinda cite a scene? Go right ahead. So um, the, what I loved so much about Moneyball was kind of that business stuff you're talking about. Um, the Cubs, um, the general manager of the Cubs is, is, actually he's the president of baseball operations. His name is Theo Epstein. Mm-hmm. And he is the guy, uh, who kind of took Billy Bean's idea and actually went somewhere with it. He, he actually won, uh, the World Series with the Red Sox in 2004 um and so like i knew that going into the movie and just to kind of see this this tragedy of billy bean was super interesting to me uh i wish the narrative of the story were a little um were a little better were a little more exciting were a little more uplifting but i mean that's the truth so whatever um to go back to jonah hill the scene where they are in Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt's office, and they want to make a trade, and so they have to call two or three other teams to kind of switch a few things around is so fing brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Aaron
2: Sorkin wrote that stuff.
1: Ex- right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that alone, um, I think warranted its its best picture nomination. I don't think it was clearly not the best picture. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad it, it didn't win that. But th- Jonah Hill's performance, Jonah Hill's reading of those lines was spot on. So yeah, I I think he earned it. I love that scene so much.
2: Me too. That's what I remember from the movie more than anything is that, that part. Uh, But obviously there's some Sorkin bias there. Um, Yeah. I thought it was a great movie too. I I liked it and I, I didn't have a problem with Jonah Hill's nomination. Um, But maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to to see it again because maybe he was actually really good and I just, I'm just not remembering it right. But Um, I think maybe it was just the fact that it was a surprise based on his filmography. Um, it was just surprising to see him. Um, but of course now it's not because he was, he's been phenomenal in so many things. Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really great movie. It's, it's fun to look at this, to look at the business side of baseball because I think, I think putting, putting a team together, um, on a professional level is so much different than like, being a high school baseball coach and you just kind of work with what you have. Um, right. Yeah. You know, there, there's that classic saying that you, you, you play with, what is it? You play with the team you have, not the team you want or whatever. Um, which is kind of like, you know, it's basically a way of saying make the best of what you have. Um, but with professional, professional baseball, it's a little bit different or professional sports because you can just make a trade and get what you want as long as you're willing to pay for it. Um, and so putting a team together, and hitting all the right cylinders is really an art in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's a really difficult thing to do. That's why, uh, managers and whatnot get paid millions of dollars because it's really hard to do. Um, and, right. and, and seeing the behind the scenes aspects of that was pretty cool in this movie. I liked yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I agree. The, um, and for the trading scene, like, yeah, it's classic Sorkin, just yeah. snappy dialogue, all that stuff. So glad he didn't have a romance subplot. And that, anyway, um, and also, uh, so basically, Moneyball is the Avengers of sports movies. Uh, <laughs> okay. So dumb. Uh, yeah, I really liked Moneyball and I'll have to revisit it. Uh, anything else on the Moneyball? I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. Well, that about wraps it up for our discussion of baseball movies. And we basically just scratched the surface here. Um, there's a lot of movies that we, we, can also talk about later like 42 men out other sports movies that don't have numbers in them (laughs) uh yeah and it's just it's yeah we'll we'll have to revisit this at some point there's some depth to it yeah yeah absolutely um i can't think of a pun to transition to potpourri but uh, so now we've come to the part of the episode where we talk about whatever we want as long as it smells good. It's our potpourri section. And each one of us is gonna select a movie or a TV show that we've watched recently and then talk about it. And I guess I'll go ahead and go first. Um, <laughs> courtesy of HBO Go via my Chromecast and my tablet technology. Um, I watched Into the Storm. <laughs> uh, Tiny, you haven't seen this? I have not. And Mike, did you catch this last year? No. Okay. It's... Uh, you know, it's not... It's not wholly unwatchable. It's it's uh, a... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a tornado disaster movie, and a lot of, like, the watchability of it comes from my deeply rooted fandom or, or my nostalgia and love for the movie Twister, which came out in the mid 90s and hit at a time when i was just absolutely obsessed with meteorology and tornadoes great movie oh my god such a great movie into the storm is not twister (laughs) it's so wants to be twister it's got uh sarah wayne callies and uh don't worry she doesn't have much to work with okay and uh that's about it as far as like notable actors it's all from there it's a bunch of no names and it's it's a weird hybrid, I guess, of found footage and not found footage. It's it's kind of like a uh, found footage when necessary, um, kind of like End of Watch, but a lot less subtle. Okay. Um, and it's you know I'll give it points because the opening scene is a- actually plays on like one of the uh, the little fears the of like me as a, as a kid had like at the time in the early to mid nineties, I was really obsessed with tornadoes and my, uh, my family had moved to Indiana and we would have to take trips back to Ohio because my mom had some legal thing going on from where we, where we had moved from. So I would go with my mom to Ohio on these road trips across the, uh, to the next state. But my mom was always a fan and is always a fan of driving at night because low traffic and all that. So I, like, this is before cell phones and, and even before I had a Walkman, I think. And like, when my Game Boy battery would die, I would just stare out the window and imagine that, like, I'd imagine, like, in the darkness, there would just be a tornado there. Oh my god. <laughs> and like, I just, it, like, it was a fun little game for, like, nine, eight or nine year old Matt to, to freak him out. But the opening of Into the Storm is that scenario, pretty much. Like, these kids are driving, in uh, filming of course filming themselves driving because i mean why the hell not <laughs> um and there and there it's darkness and then they notice the the light the street lamps ahead of them are, are going out why they can't hear a tornado or or notice the, it's strange whatever is beyond me but yeah. eventually they get they get killed in the tornado but the movie it it would be like I said it's not wholly unwatchable it's it's a very resp- deep it's it's the kind of movie that you can stand to watch but if you want to do dishes during it uh, that's okay <laughs> 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 And if my final thought on it is that if if the special effects weren't so haphazard cuz the special effects are not that great in it Um, it could have been a little bit more, a a little bit easier to digest, but it's not. And the characterization is just really, really crappy. And there are two really just moronic redneck characters that are like, they're stupid YouTube. YouTube fame-seeking people that are amateur storm chasers. (laughs) And it's like I was waiting for them to just get killed in the most brutal way imaginable because, oh, my God. Like, just the thought of those characters having kids, like fictional characters in that movie – the thought of them having kids is too much for me because the characters are so stupid. Fictional children, <laughs> I don't want to exist because the characters are too stupid. I don't know if I'm making my the point I'm trying to I got make, but you. I got you. they suck. Wow. So anyway, that's Into the Storm. Don't see it. Watch Twister instead. <laughs> Hell, even watch Night of the Twisters Nice instead. Um,
1: Devin Sawa.
0: Devin yeah. Sawa. Yeah. Super Canadian movie. Yeah, great uh, aesthetic in those movies. <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> damn it uh yeah uh so yeah that's my paper yeah uh mike do you want to go next sure
1: uh so i kind of debated what to talk about but uh i haven't seen a whole lot except that uh i saw it follows last week and i know that uh fecus our guest last week kind of talked about it um and i i guess i'll just follow up because i was really super super excited to see this movie um, and we went. We watched it, and, and right away the opening shot—it uh, just screams. This is like Halloween, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 opens and it's a suburb street. Um, you see the trees. It's it's fall-ish times. I don't know. Um, and so I'm I'm loving it right away. The music is fantastic. It's creepy right away. Um, the tone is perfect. Uh, completely spot on but i just wasn't scared by the movie and so i'm trying to figure out i i i want to hear more opinions and and the people i know uh who are who are willing to tell me what they like about this movie cuz i just don't get it uh, for me especially with horror the the tone and the music is not enough you you kind of need all three you need the trifecta tone music and is it scary um and with a horror movie if it's not scary that's that's kind of a problem
3: mm mm-hmm. mhm
1: Hmm. Damn. So, uh, yeah, I gotta hmm. say over, overall, I was disappointed. I, you know, when I think of, um, the recent really great horror movies, this, it follows, doesn't even hold a candle to Babadook.
0: Oh yeah. Hmm. That does, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm, ho- I'm kind of hoping to see it this week, but I'm, I'm not sure that I'll, I'll get around to it, but I'm really anxious to see it solely for the, uh, kind of in, uh, anachronistic, uh, Stuff. That, yeah the anachronistic yeah. stuff that that Fekas was talking about uh last last week um but yeah i'm i'll i'll report back <laughs>
2: i'll probably wait till october <laughs> to see it yeah,
0: good call yeah that's fine yeah. <laughs> cool cool well that's a bummer
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: it was
0: uh tiny
1: yes
2: wanna round us out i will uh uh, kind of a broken record lately. I keep talking about documentaries, but <laughs> I watched one recently that's on Netflix. It's called Generation Iron. Uh, it's a couple years old. It is about uh, it follows a group of men who are competing for the Mister Universe competition, uh, the bodybuilding competition. <clears throat> um, it's it's just kind of one of those really interesting, you know, look behind the curtain of of this sport that's highly competitive. Um, and I, I, just, I think bodybuilding is a really fascinating sport in and of itself. Um, because it's, it's, it's highly competitive, but I think what you're really competing against is yourself. Cause it's, it's, it is basically just a struggle to be the perfect specimen of a human being. So it's like, you have to, you have to, it affects every single aspect of your lifestyle. It affects how you eat, what you eat, uh, how much sleep you get, um, Whether you can do certain activities, uh, you need to make sure you, you get enough sun and you, I mean, it's just all these different, you you have to dedicate every single aspect of your life to this sport and to this competition. Um, and if you don't do that, you're really just kind of defeating yourself and you won't really make it. Um, but it's, it it was just really interesting to see all the different, the different ways that these men are dedicated to the sport, um. One of the more interesting characters, or, he's not a character, he's a real person. (laughs) Uh, his name is Kai Green. He's this guy who, I think he kind of breaks the mold as far as, uh, as far as this, the competitors of the sport go. He's, he, he's actually very, very artistic and very deep. Like he, he, he paints like almost every day. And he makes these really personal paintings. Um, and he, he does dedicate his life to the sport but it's it's not the only thing in his life which is kind of interesting um a lot of these other guys are pretty well off they're kind of wealthy and they they have a lot of money but kai green just lives in this little apartment in new york city and goes to this this dusty little gym to work out every day um he was really interesting to watch in this in this documentary um and it, it it's funny to watch The mental side of it, how these guys try to psych each other out, uh, during the competition itself, and, um, and how, how it actually is a, it's, it actually is a competition. You think it's just a dude standing there, but so much of it is about how you present yourself, and you have to be very, very vain and very, very, (laughs) Uh, arrogant and confident in yourself. Um, I, I think it goes above confidence. I think it's, 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 pretty much arrogance to think that you are the best looking person in a room. It's very, it's very vain, but it's kind of interesting to watch at the same time. Um, I recommend it. It, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a, a modern retelling of pumping iron. You ever seen pumping iron? I have seen pumping iron and it's, it's different than that. But
2: uh, it does echo some of those sentiments. Um, I I remember when I watched Pumping Iron, I was really fascinated by how arrogant um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was. Mm -hmm. Because I think when he became a movie star, he became much more humble because Mm -hmm. I think he realized he wasn't the best actor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And so that's really the only side I had ever seen of him. But when you watch Pumping Iron, he is really full of himself. Uh, Yes. And you have to be that way for that sport. You just have to. It's like
1: a full body calm. I'm coming at home. I'm coming in the gym. I'm I'm coming all the time. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um,
2: yeah, it's 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 really it's really interesting. I liked it a lot.
0: Nice. Uh, is that on Netflix? It what? is on Netflix. Nice. Yes, yeah. Generation Iron. Awesome. Um, really briefly before we before we. Count out for the episode. Uh, speaking of documentaries and sports and baseball movies, there is—I uh, believe that it's still on Netflix—but Ken Burns' nine-nine part documentary about baseball called Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's a documentary called The Battered Bastards of Baseball.
2: I have that in my queue. I haven't watched it yet. Me
0: too. I, I haven't watched it either, but I'm curious about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, check those out and get back to us.
2: Also, really briefly, I meant to say this really briefly. Um, <laughs> My dad was watching uh Boyhood the other day. Huh. Uh when I just happened to kind of be walking by and I sat down and watched like 30 minutes of it just while my dad was watching it. He he was watching it for the first time. He rented it from cable. Um and I you know, I just got to say I just kind of had an epiphany not an epiphany, but I just thought more about it while I was watching it. And I think I was a little too hard on it. Oh, nice. When we talked about it in our end of the year hmm. thing, um I I'm not changing my opinion entirely. Um I don't think it it would quite make my top 10 list, but I was too hard on it. I think it, it okay. is I think I think what the issue with me was it was the issue was my ability to connect to it, not a flaw of the film. Um gotcha. Yeah. And so I just throwing that out there. I was a little too hard on it. I would probably change what I said about it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Just wanted to cool. say that.
1: Cool. Yep. Nice. We That's accept good. your apology. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I'm so sorry. Uh yeah alright well I guess that about does it oh I forgot to mention that the fan has a like two second not cameo but bit part with uh, Jack Black in it so that that's cool uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that was yeah it caught my eye but uh, yeah so thank you for listening to this episode of the Obsessive Hero Podcast and we're going to throw it to our pre-recorded outros and that's it for transition so bye <laughs>
2: see you later guys thanks for listening
0: thanks for listening
1: Just got a new Well, I got to say, oh. <laughs> it's not great. Oh. Uh-oh. So today we're talking about baseball movies, right?
2: Yes. And you're a Cubs fan.
1: And I am a Cubs fan. <laughs> and so... I was joking. <laughs> Sports. No, I, you're right. But um, that's what's not so great. So... This is supposed to be a, a lot of people are calling it the year and a lot of people are are a little ridiculous in calling it the year of course um but the Cubs made a lot of good moves over the summer they got ace pitcher John Lester they got a new general uh, a new a new manager um Joe Madden. the a lot of their prospects are kind of playing out and and things are looking good for the Cubs and so my friend and my brother and I thought it would be a great idea to go see opening day at Wrigley,
0: which was not only uh, which was actually ahead. the insp- inspiration for this for this episode topic, but God,
1: yeah, exactly, awesome. And so, um, I had never been to an opening day before, and not only oh, was wow. it opening day for the Cubs, it was opening day for baseball. So nationally televised, the kickoff of baseball celebration for the year. Fallout Boy was going to open. I got to see Fallout Boy play a couple songs, um, nice. and the Cubs put up. A big goose egg, oh. and they are just the same old Cubs. <laughs> the game was freezing, uh, and it's like all all the hopes I had leading up to the game. I mean, there were moments like they had the Ernie Banks tribute, and they talked about all the new prospects, and everything was so exciting that there were times leading up to the game where I got chills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And John Lester only went four innings. The Cubs left like ten runners on base. Damn. Which is Jeez. awful, yeah, uh, and and gave up three runs. It was just it was just same old cub, Cubs, very very defeating. Wow. Mm. Um, and so that was my Cubs experience. So let's talk uh, about some baseball movies. <laughs>
0: well, I have a quick question: the uh, it being like them talking about it being the year. It it's not not completely because of Back to the Future Part Two, is it?
1: Well, it's—I mean, it's partly. That's that's okay. kind of the joke. In fact, when we went to the game, we were talking about um, how we could get on TV. And by the way, we were so far up, there's no way we would have been on TV. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we we thought it would be clever to dress as Marty and Doc in Back to <laughs> the Future Two. Uh, that's not. awesome. In fact, um, we were until the Cubs got demolished yesterday. Um, we were talking about going to the 4th of July game and the 4th of July game is against the Miami Marlins, uh, and Miami Marlins, Miami Gators are the team that the Cubs uh, beat. Um, oh. and so we just think that would be a, a cool game to go to just cause that's
3: <laughs> cool.
1: That's so unbelievable. Who they beat My in the world series in 2015, but yeah. So the Cubs are Cubs are the same old Cubs. Well, that's a shame. Hmm. And the bulls lost to the Cavs. The Blackhawks lost to the Blues. Ooh,
2: Chicago had a rough weekend.
1: It was a rough weekend. It was a rough weekend.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah, sports, man. Incidentally,
2: the only MLB baseball game I've ever been to was a Marlins game down in Florida. Really? Yeah. I went
0: to a uh, Cleveland Indians game when I was a kid.
2: Okay. Nice. It was fun. Did. Did the Marlins recently move to Miami, or have they always been the Miami Marlins?
1: I think they've always been in Miami. Okay. Um, and they they just kind of rebranded. Okay, I was to... I was nine when
2: I
0: went to that game, so I don't remember what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They used to be the Florida Marlins. That's what I thought. Florida Marlins. Yes, but they've yep. always been in Miami. Yes, that's what I think I learned from Ace Ventura.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but Ace Ventura was about the Dolphins. Miami was it Dolphins. okay? It was the I, Dolphins, yeah.
0: I, I took a, uh, I took a risk there because I could not remember what sport it was in Ace Ventura. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, Dan um, Marino wasn't it? Yeah, f- that's right. Yeah. Ace is out, Dan. <laughs> He's a hell of a pitcher. Jesus, uh, <laughs> I might cut all this. Joe Montana was a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: uh, I said Joe Montana. Montana. <laughs> I think I just said Montana twice. I think you might say too.
0: Oh, Montana. Thank you for downloading or streaming the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. The music you heard at the top of the episode and right now is provided by Loudlike. Their EP, Mistakes We Must Make, features our theme song and eclipse of events. You can find that on iTunes, and while you're there, please rate and review them and us uh, and let us know what you think. Also, Uh, like us on facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer follow us on twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at i am mike white and also check out ObsessiveViewer.com for reviews of movies tv shows and industry commentary Uh, also check out obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading and also tiny side project podcast the secular perspective is a podcast exploring the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, and at thesecularperspective.com. Finally, you can email us at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or email the podcast directly at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.